This is way harder than we thought from all aspects, right? There are 171,000 people who are living and dying on the streets in California today. The system in which we all live, it was not designed to house homeless people. It was designed to keep poor people poor. <clears throat> welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to the I Had an Idea podcast. Thanks for having me. Here is how it works. You listen, we talk. I know you're busy and you don't owe us your time. We're gonna keep things really short, no fluff. Oh, we're in the red zone. Time's up, next subject. Joining me, your host, Trent Thompson, are people who not only have ideas, but do them, because the value of an idea lies in the using of it. We start with a segment called Brag, AKA give yourself flowers, AKA talk your shit, AKA who even are you? The guest has a chance to write down their own intro and convince you why the rest of this is worth listening to. If you want to support, I partnered up with Suthi to make the I Had an Idea notebook. So when you have an idea of your own, you don't forget to write it down. Welcome to the podcast. A drum roll, please. Whoa. Now that's what I call it an idea. Joining me today on set, I have Taryn. Taryn is a woman on a mission. For over three years, she's been working on developing firm foundation community housing, housing with the mission to solve involuntary homelessness. With a passion for doing things better, one's, I don't know what that cursive is, one's work <laughs> to build better solutions for housing, a better place to work, and a better community for the next generation to grow up in. Um, Taryn, it's an honor to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Um, before we dive in, I'm going to give you a little bit more context for the setup here. We're going to talk about some ideas you've had, some ideas that didn't go so well, some ideas that you're working on now, and we're going to do this in roughly three sections. We're going to try and keep those segments to around five minutes. When we hit that magic five-minute marker, Cam behind the cam is going to make this light go red. And we know we're in the red zone and it's generally time to move on. It is my podcast. And if you're really killing it, we'll keep going. But we're going to try our best on. to respect the red light um, so it. we know we're moving. All right. Um, so let's dive in. Great. Tell us, you know, an idea that you're proud of. Um, doesn't have to be completely yours, but give me something that <laughs> you you uh, worked on that, that you want to share with the world. Yeah. Um the idea I'm most proud of is that housing for homeless folks, for folks who are experiencing the traumas of living on the street, can be better. And it should be and can be as good and high quality as the house that I live in, that you live in. Um, yeah, I like to say I'll never build something I wouldn't put my child in. And I think all, all people deserve that. So tell me a little bit about how you went about um, building better spaces for people to live in. Yeah, like you said, uh, nobody's an island, did nothing on my own. But uh, my partner, my friend, my colleague, Jake Medcalf and I uh, started this nonprofit. We're going to solve involuntary homelessness. And <clears throat> it was such an iterative process. Thank you. Um, such an iterative process. You know, we started with um, such a small, tiny home. Like, I want to say it was eight feet by... 15 feet, something small. And then as we completed that and, you know, both celebrated and looked to how do we do this again and again and again, and we talked to folks who were living in the tiny homes, talked to folks who uh, provide services for folks who are homeless, um, 
we realized, okay, you know, we can make this a little bigger. We can make this door a little bit bigger. We can make, save some space here. People really need, um, you know, a fridge and a burner. They need to learn how to cook. They need to have the opportunity to lock their door. They need to have the opportunity to take a shower whenever they want. And so, um, you know, as we went project by project, our unit kept getting better and better. And at one point I just had the, the idea that we needed to really stop and focus on making this unit the best it can be and making it our own. So we had a ton of architects and a ton of engineers who, who supported us and, and really worked on it sort of along the way. But at this point, we need to take a pause, get a team together and make a unit that will be, will be able to use this unit for the next 500 projects. And so we had a team come together and, and work on this unit. Now we're state approved. We can build this anywhere in California, any pop-up factory, any modular factory across across California. So I have the, you know, the privilege of being connected with you and having done some work for some of these tiny home villages. Can you, for the listeners who don't have that context, can you tell people a little bit about what those look like? Um, you know, your mission to attach not only the homes, but the communities and the services with the homes and kind of talk about the full service solution that you guys are working towards. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> um, we really believe that the answer to homelessness is a home, uh, but it comes with more than that. So like you said, we build these villages and, and we consider that community is healing. Uh, care is being cared for is healing. Um, and so we build a village. It's anywhere from five units. We, the biggest one we've built so far is 34 units. And then we bring in partners who can provide the services that can provide community, whether it's like potluck night in the lawn or just the idea that someone can walk out their front porch and see their neighbor who's going through the same thing. And it's in a safe environment um, and people are cared for. The program managers of these villages come in, they care for each individual, assess their needs, work really hard to get them what they need. Um, and we hear over and over again that, that yes, it's a home is the answer, but that community, that camaraderie, that connection with people is, um, is really what sets sort of these villages apart. Yeah. So what is um, the things that changed when you really sat down and got the architects and all the partners to come down and redo the unit? The currently approved unit, what mm -hmm. does that include um, that the old ones didn't? Well, our unit from the beginning has had a bathroom and a kitchen and a, a bedroom. But it was small things like taking, like, like what is space in your home, right? And I think we sometimes take advantage, those of us who live in a single family home or a large apartment, that there's just space for everything. And how do you think through if it's a small space, you know, what serves the most amount of people the best. And so one of the big changes that we've made recently is to make all of our units ADA accept accessible. Uh. So they might not be ready for ADA. They might not have like the grab bars and all the things that you need, but they're all ready for that. So the counters are the right height where anybody can walk in, no matter what their mobility, no matter what their needs are, anybody can walk in or roll in or scoot in and use our units and be comfortable in our units. Um, we hear all the time, you know, different, there are different bodies. And so maybe the bathroom door needs to be a little bit bigger because sometimes someone in a bigger body might need a bigger wheelchair and we want everybody to have access to the bathrooms. Um, 
so it's just been sort of that that journey of like getting to know people that we're not normally exposed to. You know, I don't didn't grow up with nurses who serve people who are homeless, but um, through one of our villages, we've had a partnership with Cardia Health, and they help educate us on what they need more often or less often, but sometimes, and that sometimes makes a difference. That's amazing. So, okay, we're gonna respect the red light. Great. Um, we're in the red zone. I hate that noise. Um, let's talk about, and I know all these things will probably end up being adjacent to each other, but can you talk to me about something that did not go as you planned or something <laughs> that fell on its face or you failed forward? Um, is it fair to say, say it? nothing has gone to plan? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, when Jake and I sat down and we, we sort of worked out this idea and how we were going to manage everything, we it was very, I mean, you've heard this story a little bit before, but it was very like over lunch, on some napkins, just working on some ideas, um, working on how we were sure this was going to be. We had the answer. We had it so easy. And, you know, almost immediately it was like, oh, that's not going to work. Or, uh, you know, this is way harder than we thought um, from all aspects, right? There are 171,000 people who are living and dying on the streets in California today. That is a huge problem. And though I celebrate, you know, I'm going to break ground next week, uh, next month maybe on, on a six-unit project. That's six units right. against 171,000 people. Uh, not only that, but our system, the system in which we all live, was really designed to, um, it was not designed to house homeless people. It was not designed to let people sort of heal once they've, you know, gone to gone that far um it was designed to keep poor people poor mm. and so we are constantly fighting against that and constantly sort of banging our head against the wall um yeah well i feel like a little a little silver lining to the fail section of this podcast um we're collaborating on this Pictures for People project yes. and i've been able to interview a couple people that have gone through the villages and in the past with the pictures for people project um it's just been a challenge i'm going to meet people where they're at whether that's the creek or um on the street or on the corner with their sleeping bag and it was really exciting um and encouraging to hear from the stories of the interviews that you guys set up because all of the stories were i was homeless for a multitude of different reasons then I got placed in this tiny home. I stayed here for this long. I met these people. This is what this person did for me. And now I'm in this apartment here. Yeah. Um, talk about that. I know we're still in the what did not work section, but to me, I just feel like that's a, a story that should be told. Tell me a little bit about the mission from, like even the logo is like the little house to the mm -hmm. medium house to the big mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, the logo is... <clears throat> exactly what you said. It it starts with a little house um, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the idea. Like you start small. Our homes are tiny. Even today, they're bigger than they once were, but they're only 250-ish square feet. Um, you start tiny and then you get what you need. You, you build up. You get what you need. You build up. Um, and that's the best. I think I think that's the dream. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to hear. 
and that's what we count as success. Not always that everyone can, quote, be a contributing member of society. Sometimes, you know, we have this idea that success means they're, you know, conforming to how we expect people to behave. And and that's not true. It might be mean someone dying in dignity, someone mm-hmm. um, having a place to live where they're safe to be exactly where they are in life, right. whether it's from a health issue or um, physical health or mental health. Um, I think going back to, to failing, you know, it's, it's part of a societal problem where some of the villages we've built are meant to be temporary. We built one uh, for Alameda County and it's temporary. So the f- people can only stay there for three months, six months. The actual houses are temporary? Like the village being there is temporary? or The, the... stays are temporary. Got it. Okay. So the houses will be there for 100 years. Right. But, uh, the, you know, the county, the funding dictates that folks can only stay there for three to six months. Oh, that months. is transitional. Transitional okay. emergency housing. And <clears throat> so uh, somebody was in town and I took them for a tour. I was so excited to show off because it is, it is the thing that I am most proud of, this, this village and... It's beautiful, and I worked so hard, and we did it so quickly, and it sort of, you know, exceeded all expectations. Mm-hmm. But I did this tour, and um, we were going along, and a woman came out of her tiny home, and I've met her a number of times. She always invites us into her home. She's warm and kind and so excited to be there. She's been living in her car for years and years. She's in a wheelchair. She's got some health things going on that she's been getting taken care of. And I said, oh, like, hey, how you doing? I'm so excited to see you again. And she said, oh, you know, I'm okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard day. We're working on getting our truck fixed. And I said, oh, okay, great. She said, yeah, we have to move back in there tomorrow. Uh, and I, uh, you know, yes, my yes. soul made that noise of um, just devastating that we... Give us 30 seconds. Let's finish this story up. That we did this whole thing. We worked so hard. And now... Um, this family is being re-traumatized because they can't stay in this unit. They have to go back to their car, back on the street. Um, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's a tough one. I would one. like to never live that day again. Yeah, that that's so rough. Um, is that something, I'm trying to decide if we're moving on or not, but I want to talk about, I guess, like the bureaucracy of that of needing to kick someone out after six months. I imagine that's, this is my podcast. Turn that red light <laughs> off. Um, I imagine that that comes from this idea because the transitional housing is such a beautiful mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. when y- you paint the picture of mm-hmm. them moving to the bigger house. But when that doesn't work. Um, it, well, it doesn't work in the timeline we want it to work. Yes. And in the Bay Area where they're just, there just isn't enough housing. Right. You know, that person did, she did everything right. She followed the program. She met all the milestones, but there aren't enough housing. There isn't enough housing on the ground floor where someone in a wheelchair can function in mm-hmm. that housing. Okay, I'm getting sad. Let's move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell me about fair. something you are excited about and that you're working on now. I'm excited. We have so much going on. Uh, that I'm excited about. I'm excited about Pictures for People. We are doing um, a fundraising event this fall, and the focus is these these portraits of folks. And, um, you know, you've, you've heard me say it's all about on and on. It's all about humanizing what mm-hmm. is happening. So much of 
the information that's out there is is false. So much of um, sort of our relationship to folks who are homeless is not quite right. And so um, our goal all the time is like, how do we humanize this crisis more and more and more so that people are, you know, ready to participate in the solutions? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about pictures for people. I'm really excited about what that can do for our society. Um, I'm really excited. We're finishing uh, a project in Vallejo on Broadway with 48 units going in. Wow. Where is that? Um, uh, on Broadway. What's the what's the property itself? Like the land? The land is, uh, it was a vacant piece of land okay. sort of out in the underserved part of Vallejo. Um, it was only half an acre. And this is sort of the beauty of things that so, are tiny is you can build a lot on small land. This is a, an honest question. I don't know. Um, not just for the sake of the podcast. Do you guys also handle the entitlements and everything of the land? Are you guys going and securing a lease and then putting the houses on it? Yeah. Um, is is it Firm Foundation that's doing that? Or are you working with other partners to hold leases on properties and then they the buy the houses The answer is yes to all those things. Okay. Um, in this case, we have a friend that works in Vallejo, Richard Fisher, and he and his wife have sort of the a goal of making Vallejo better. They're Sounds like really a great guy. Shout out to Richard, whoever you are. Absolutely. Okay. The best. Um, really dig deep on <clears throat> making Vallejo better. And so he bought this land and he approached us and said, hey, okay. you know, can you build some homes on here? And so we partnered with Factory OS and uh, Canon Constructors and a million other subs and architects and engineers to get that going. So anybody with a... Um, without the not in my backyard mentality who had an extra plot of land could theoretically hit you up and ask you to come build a village on said land. Okay. Yep. Noted. Yeah. Got it. You heard it here. If you're that person. I'm here for you. Hit up Firm Foundation. Okay, keep going. Um, So we've got that going. We're almost done. We're going to break ground uh, within the next month on six units I mentioned in Walnut Creek. Cool, yeah. Um. Richard and I, our partnership continues. We're building a co-op grocery with housing on top in Vallejo in a food desert. Um, Whoa. I'm real excited about that. What's a co-op grocery? So they're going to come in. It's like owned by the community, owned by the employees, uh, serving fresh food. We we did the research in this area. There isn't fresh food for four miles. Oh, okay. Which is just insane way. to right. think about um, in a city like Vallejo. And so... Yeah, I thought, what can we do? Let's so I'm build picturing a like a permanent farmer's market. That's the image in my head. Is that an incorrect image? I think so. It's more like, uh, you know, the grocery store in Cache Valley, the marketplace? Yeah. Like that. Okay. Owned by the employees. With housing as well. Housing Attached on top. to the building. On top. Got it. How many people are going to live there? Nine, it'll be nine units with some multi-bedrooms. So. With the direct correlation between... The people running the grocery and the people living in the units, or not we hope so. Okay. It's always their choice. You know, we we um, we believe that people should have choice, yeah, agency over their own lives. So, whether we're building with a church or building <clears throat> with a grocery store, you know, the residents have agency whether they want to participate in what's being offered. That's amazing. Do you, what do you need um, help with on that? Mm. What what can people offer we if they want to get all involved? The things. I think that. I think my number one ask always is to get educated. Um, you know, even when, when I started, I, you know, Jake and I really just started as two friends that were passionate about making 
things better for our community. Um, and pretty quickly, I realized that every idea I had about the homeless crisis was wrong and uh, had to spend a lot of time sort of simultaneously learning how to, you know, manage construction projects and mm-hmm. also, um, you know, about the homeless crisis and what what it is and what it isn't. And so that's always my number one ask. You know, we go to city council meeting after city council meeting or town hall meeting and um, and come back with horror stories of people's opinions. (laughs) It's rough. Uh, And and I understand it. You know, people are afraid. People want to be safe in their homes. I think we'll end it, but... Great. um, We're going to do a surprise segment. Okay. And we're going to completely switch off of the um, balancing between a construction company and (laughs) um, solving homelessness. And we're going to really switch it up. And do something fun. Just kind of put your creative hat on. We are going to play a game I like to call Drop by Do, which is kind of like Bang, Mary Kill, if you've ever played that mm-hmm, game as, mm-hmm. a, as a kid. Essentially, I'm going to give you three ideas okay. that are mine, that I just, they're random. I'm sure I'm not the only one to have come up with them. And you're going to pick which one you would want to do, which one you would want to just buy, and which mm-hmm. one you would just have no interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote them down somewhere in my notes because I have many ideas. Write them down when you have them. But I got to find them. Okay, I found them. There is a notebook for that. But I didn't write it in the notebook. Um, One, start a podcast in a tiny home. Okay, that (laughs) one's your idea. idea. (laughs) Number two, this is also not my idea. Um, A free market pop up restaurant where the prices on the menu are based completely on supply and demand. So you go into the restaurant, and if a lot of people are ordering the margarita, the margarita gets really expensive. But if no one's ordering Ooh. the beer, it gets really cheap. But if people start buying that because it's cheap, the prices fluctuate. So everything just kind of finds where it should be on a value proposition. Mm. And the third one will say a t-shirt business where you're bleach dyeing them and selling them all over the world. Okay, and tell me the things again. Podcast in a tiny home. Tell me the responses. Oh, drop by do. Mm. You get to actually pursue doing one. You get to buy one because you think it's going to make money. Okay. And you get to drop one because it sucks. I'm going to drop the t-shirts. Okay. It's happening. Yeah, for sure. There's some kid doing that way for better sure. than me. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna buy the restaurant. I kind of love it. It's it cool really concept. speaks to my, like... I just want to be different than everybody, so I'm going to look at the $20 margarita and go in the opposite direction oh, and high. feel so proud and self-righteous okay. about it. Yep. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, let's do a podcast in a tiny home. I love it. Let's, let's do it. Let's build one and set it up. Um, thank you, Taryn. Before we end it, can you tell the people where to find you and or Firm Foundation, what they can look up, where yeah. they should go on, online? Yeah, um, we're on all the platforms, Firm Foundation Community Housing. Our website's ffchousing.org. Try to shorten it up there. Perfect. Yeah, come find us. Reach out. Sweet. Um, Taryn, thank you so much for coming. This has been the I Had Idea podcast. Cue the theme music. Whoa. Now that's what I call it. An idea. 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 
This song was brought to you by my friend Shido, aka Terion Smith, aka Shogun Shido, aka DJ Jambalaya.